0: Heading to the Texans-Jags game this weekend at Wembley. Well, whether you're off to the game or not, you should head to our legendary post-match party where we'll have a feast of football entertainment lined up for you. Head along to Bloomsbury Lanes, a mere four stops on the Tube from Wembley Park to catch all the evening's games as well as a host of other treats. We'll have live NFL action, Red Zone, and the main Sky game on the big screens. We'll have NFL merch from our official partners, Football America UK Limited, Giant Pizzas, 10-pin bowling, beer pong, food and drink served well into the early hours. So book now to secure your spot at the best party in town, all for just £5 plus booking fee. There are also VIP rooms available. Find out information about that at gridiron-magazine.com or head to at gridiron on Twitter to find out exactly where you can buy your tickets from to the Gridiron London Games After Party. Welcome to the Gridiron Show. Not only our week 8 review show, but we've decided to do things a little bit differently this week. I was watching... Dolphin Steelers. Yes, I actually did bother watching Monday Night Football and they flashed up the playoff picture for the first time I've seen this season and it inspired us to take a look at the playoff picture, look at the two conferences, decide of the top teams who we thought would make a real impact in January and who had a chance to sneak in their lake doors. You're listening to The Gridiron Show. <laughs> Okay, welcome to the Gridiron Show, Will Gabin, I've got Matt Sherry with me as well from Hartlepool. I tried to do uh, an impression of your accent earlier when I introduced you on our first take of this show <laughs> and uh, it was so bad that I'm going to literally not even bother trying again. It
1: wasn't great, buddy. Oh, it
0: I'm breaks sorry. my heart. I thought you might, have been, uh, you might have been kind about it, but apparently not. So, yeah, we're taking out – well, first of all, how are you, mate? It's a shame we didn't get to see you in London this weekend, but it actually ended up being a more entertaining game than was expected, thanks to the Bengals, who are a team we won't be talking about a lot on this show as we're talking about the playoff picture. But um, uh, considering that they ran the ball much better than they have done recently, considering that – actually, on defence, they got some some pressure as well on Goff. Goff played better under pressure than we were expecting – but they just, the third down conversions they gave up time and time again were just absolutely killing them. And I still think coaching could be a real issue there uh, beyond the head coach and the kind of coordinator positions because some of the scheming was just bizarre. But again, not unlike the the Dolphins' performances we've seen in recent weeks, I'm not expecting a winless season from the Bengals.
1: Mm, I'm not so sure about that. Um, <laughs> be interesting to see if they, if they do end up trading away any of the guys today um, yeah I mean it was just a, it was a more interesting game than it could have been but still I mean the Cincinnati cornerbacks I'm aware they've got some injuries but I mean they couldn't have covered me and you it's pathetic <laughs>
0: um, it was uh, well we'll talk about the Rams when we get into the Rams a little bit later because it was interesting watching the way that they approach this game on defence they are they're not strong in their uh, nickel and uh, and second cornerback positions. And uh, the tactic when you're facing them is just throw away from Jalen Ramsey. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. But, uh, yeah, we'll, let's start off with the AFC, because that's where we started off when we uh, first started recording this show. Uh, we'll start for the top of each division, the New England Patriots. I thought the Browns weren't terrible against the Pats, but they do move to 8-0, and o tougher uh, schedule down the second half of the season but that defence still at the halfway point of their season has scored more touchdowns than they've conceded on the defence
1: yeah I mean I, I think that if, you, if you were looking at it from a perspective of trying to find some cracks uh, the run defence is
0: <laughs> and with the Patriots I'm literally always doing
1: that yeah exactly like the run defence is gettable uh, it takes the right kind of back um, Franco had some success earlier in the season and, and Chubb did as well. And they're very similar guys who are very patient backs, you know, think of that Levy on Bell style, although not to that extreme. And and that works against the periods because the, the two gap quite a lot. And, you know, the idea is to funnel the linebackers into the play. And, and and if you're patient, holes will naturally open up because of that. So, so yeah, I think the right kind of running back can, can run on them. But, you know, Cleveland are an interesting team because they do present a lot of problems. I mean, for a team that's two and five, you know, you can't really just load the box and stop the run because even a secondary is good in New England. They've got such a diverse weaponry that, you know, you've got to you've got to try and double cover Odell Beckham off no, or Gilmore did get him one on one quite a lot and did a really good job. You know, Jarvis Landry's a tough guy inside. So they've got weapons. Um you know what this game showed up is that if the Browns had decent coaching there would be a legitimate AFC contender because I thought that they played They played competitively against the Patriots throughout the game. You know, three turnovers in three players at one point. Without those, you you might be looking at this game very differently. But it was just a coaching mismatch. I mean, Freddie Kitchens, man. I feel sorry for him a little bit, but he's just (laughs) so out of his depth. Um, You know, exemplified in the fourth quarter by... He decides to punt on fourth and eleven. Uh, having seemingly not thought about the decision and then realizes actually we're down X number of scores that I probably shouldn't punt. I'm not sure if they had any timeouts left or whether he didn't just want to burn one but he ends up essentially telling one of his players to purposely false start and then he goes for it on 4th and 16. So you have this ludicrous scenario where he wouldn't, as a fan you are watching, think, where he wouldn't go for it on 4th and 11 but will on 4th and 16. Murphy will get sacked. Turnover. I mean, it's just utterly ludicrous. And and yeah, I mean, Cleveland, let's talk about Cleveland now, Will, because we were discussing them and their schedule's actually really, really easy, upcoming, it, I mean, it must be, it, must it be opens, one of the easiest.
0: Yeah, it opens up for them in a massive way. I mean, going to the Broncos is still... A game which, if the Broncos turn up on defense and, and Cleveland are poorly schemed, you know, the Broncos ran the Colts tough this weekend on the road. There, there is still a team there. There is still talent there. They may well do a trade before today's 4 p.m. deadline Eastern, which, by the way, I'm just saying it now. Uh, I haven't asked Sherry permission on this, but if there are any massive moves today, we may do a little mini pod this evening after 9 p.m. once the trade deadline has passed. Good, he agrees. But so I'm, I'm kind of I'm saying that's not a gimme. They've got the Steelers twice, who were just dreadful last night for a majority of the game. They have the Dolphins. They have the Bengals twice. They've got the Cardinals on the road. I know they've looked better, but I still think the Browns mismatched them on talent there. Barring a coaching disaster, they should win at least five or six of their remaining games, which gets you up to that kind of eight-win level. And then you're talking about taking one win off the Bills at home the Ravens at home, and suddenly you're in, you're in genuine playoff contention. So yeah, I, I don't actually think it's, it's out of the frame for them to still
1: be considered the second AFC wildcard team. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, this game is the defining one, isn't it? This weekend, you know, I, I, because of how easy the schedule is after Sunday, they need to beat the, the Broncos on the road. That's a tough game. It's the kind of game where you know you go out west. If you get a win, you could see it kind of rallying the team together a little bit. So yeah, I think this is a massive week for Cleveland. Um, the problem is, I could see them losing against any team just because of the incompetence of the coach. I mean, it, it it is staggering, and it's such a talented team. I mean, you know they give they give New England's offense a lot of problems on defense as well. I mean, you know Miles Garrett is one of the best. Players in the NFL now, it's and there's so many talented players on that defense. Um, it's just just a complete waste. I mean, it's ridiculous. And then and I mean, if you were looking the, for.
0: The- the two corners came back this weekend yeah. as well um, in, was it, Greedy Williams, and who was the other corner who had been out injured. The from uh, Ohio State, who I was yeah. just about to say, isn't it? Dental Ward. Dental Ward. So you you were missing your two, basically, your starting corners. Give them a couple of weeks to get healthy and back in the flow, and, and suddenly the defence gets even better.
1: Yeah, and, and if you're looking for other flaws in New England, their offensive line is is, is in a real mess. Um, you know, there are only two starters from last year's playoff run. In the in the on in the lineup on Sunday, um, Shaq Mason, who's played really badly all year, one of the best guards in the league, uh, was out with an ankle injury that I'm assuming has been lingering throughout the season because he hasn't played well. Um, they will eventually get Isaiah, Isaiah Wynn back off IR, um, although he won't be back for the next two weeks, in which the play the Ravens and the Eagles. Um, they might make a move today to solidify it. Um, if not, Trent Williams, I think Cordy Glenn is is possibly available from the Bengals. He would be a nice, a nice depth piece. Um, So, yeah, interested to see if New England make moves. I could see them doing it because their offense is, you know, there's a lot of reasons for optimism with their offense. And Keel Harry will be back this week, the first-round receiver. Wynn will be back as well. But you kind of need those young guys who we've not seen much from to step in and be good right away. Um, Otherwise, I would say that, unless they get the offense fixed, I would say that right now I would place them as the third-best team in the NFL.
0: It's always nice when you're able to get a player back off (laughs) YIR. I just I sat there and listened to everything you said. Then just waiting to make that joke. I'm so sorry. Uh, the Colts currently sit in the two seed, and the AFC South. It's fair to say uh, is uh, a division which previous, in many previous years, has been our division of disgrace here on the Gridiron Show. But the Colts now sit at five and two. The Texans improve to five and three. The Colts, you know, maybe a little bit lucky with the missed field goal at the end for the Broncos after just a dreadful coaching decision. Decision on their part to to take the knee when they had 44 seconds left and a kicker who had already missed a 33-yard field goal that day and downs to play with. Um, but sometimes you get a bit of luck on a good season and that's what you need to get away with it. Uh, the Texans get through against the Raiders after Deshaun Watson did just farcical Deshaun Watson things, getting kicked Literally in the eye, and still completing a heck of a touchdown. And then with the Jags winning and the Titans winning this weekend, suddenly everyone in the division is five hundred and above again. I do think the Jaguars uh, facing the Texans on quote unquote home soil this weekend gives them an opportunity for I, th- I really give, think they've got a chance against the Texans team who now don't have JJ Watt for the third in four seasons. JJ Watt goes down with a season-ending injury. You know, I don't think it's going to affect how we remember him terms of legacy that we'll think of him as a player who uh, for many years was the best at his position and I still think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. But it is starting to become the story of the the second half of his career. Um, But the Colts, if they go and beat the Steelers this weekend and then they've got the Dolphins after that, I'm saying the AFC South is intriguing. They could end up being three games out at the front of
1: it in two weeks' time. Yeah, I would think the Colts are favourites to win it at this point just because of the... The Texans injuries are brutal, man. I mean, I, I think Tunsil might not be a serious one, and he might play on Sunday. That's massive, and they need to get Titus Howard back as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've been really, really unlucky with injuries, and I think that'll, I think that'll kill their season ultimately. I, that won't kill their season. I think they'll probably be a wild card team. But you know, you can just see every game playing out like Sundays did, which is, it's going to be close. I mean, the Raiders are a good team, and but. It's going to be close, and you're just hoping that Deshaun Watson, who to me, you know, there are three quarterbacks I love in the NFL just because they are absolute backs-against-the-world gamers who find ways to win more than any of the others. And the three are Brady, Russell Wilson, and Deshaun Watson is now in that conversation for me. He just finds a way to get it done every single time, and such a competitive guy, you know, he is... He is right on the cusp, if not already in that elite quarterback conversation for me. So, you know, potentially he alone gets them, gets them in the battle for the division. But I, I just think with the injuries that the Texans end up being a wildcard team. But, you know, we're talking about the playoff race. Any of these four teams could be, could be playoff teams. And, you know, Tennessee, their defense is so good that if, you know, Tannehill doesn't have to be too exceptional. So I I just think any of these four we could look at at the end of the year. They get on a bit of a run. Any of them could be playoff teams.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And and again, the, the obvious key to that is the fact that they all play each other uh, down the stretch multiple times uh, Colts Jags in week 17 and Texans Titans in week 17 both look like really interesting matchups the, the Texans I think have the roughest schedule of the group though because they have to go to the Jags, they have to go to the Ravens they have to face the Patriots still um, plus all those divisional games as well and with the injuries on top of that you're going you're gonna to need Deshaun Watson to do Deshaun Watson things you're going to need him to go out there and, and, and pick you up those wins because I do think you then look at the Jags Conversely, other than the the Colts being the Colts and Titans being on the road, they get the Raiders, the Bucks, the Chargers, and the Falcons all in their la- uh, remaining games. I mean, teams that we could cobble together fifty three men from the UK and possibly give a game. It's uh, they by far, I think, have the easiest of the schedules. So I do I do think that's going to play out right through to week seventeen. Their, their season
1: hinges on what they decide to do at quarterback, doesn't it? You know do they do they stick with Minshew do they go with Falls and I mean I, I personally would stick with Minshew but it's it's a tough one you know Nick Falls based on the the hero worship that he still enjoys in the Philadelphia locker room you know he's the kind of guy that players will rally around as well so that's going to be one of the more fascinating decisions to over the the, the second half of the season how does that how does that play out and how does that impact the Jaguars And by the way, the
0: Titans should absolutely have the same record as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this morning. Three and five referees need to stop blowing plays dead before they're actually dead. I know I complained about the quarterback in the grasp issue last week with uh, Deshaun Watson. I know we complain about this regularly to the point that it's possibly boring for people right now. But when you think about their divisional rivals in uh, Jacksonville, they got screwed pretty much Have a playoff win and a Super Bowl appearance thanks to this. It needs to be the next thing that referees in the NFL uh, address, that they need to say, right, we understand player safety is paramount, but we've got to stop blowing plays dead before we know 100% they're dead. And it's the fact that it's just all of them uh, seemingly have got a whistle. I didn't realize this weekend. I thought it was like only the main ref that could blow it dead. Any no, of them no. can blow Any, it dead. Anyone,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's and ridiculous. So it just
0: mean, one goober with a whistle in a bad position who thinks the ball's down to blow a play dead, and it's
1: it's so frustrating. I'd be so frustrated if I was a Bucks fan generally because that team should be four and three and the two and five. I mean, you know that that's they, they, they had that terrible loss to the Giants and then that this game as well where you know really that would have been a really impressive win on the road against a very good defense. Um, I mean, Jameis Winston was typically held a skelder, but you know. Just so frustrating for Bucks fans, too. And I think that you know, you look at teams. Not all teams are created equal, and and I don't think Tampa Bay are a two and five team. I think they're a five hundred solid team who, if the right, if things went the right way, could win nine, ten games. But they're not gonna.
0: Um, let's talk about the the cuz we talked about the AFC Southwest. Let's talk about the AFC West briefly cuz the, the Chiefs on Sunday night football gave the Packers much more of a game I think than many people expected. We'll talk about Aaron Rodgers and we'll talk about the Packers side of things shortly. I mean, we'll but- talk
1: about the Packers. Oh
0: yeah, we're going to talk about the Packers. We're going to talk about the Aaron Rodgers. Don't you worry, buddy. Um, but the Chiefs gave them more of a game than expected. And actually, considering they were missing uh, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, and uh, the cornerback um, who I always confuse with the guy in uh, in Chicago, I'm having a really bad day for this this morning. The old the old brain farts are really struggling for me today. Kendall Fuller Kendall is Fuller. who I was and then talking Draymond about. Got
1: injured in the game as well, didn't he?
0: Yeah, so considering they had those issues on defence for a defence that hasn't been very good, they actually did step up and get some pass rush and, and cause Green Bay a few problems during the game. If not for the turnover, they might have gone all the way down to the wire. Are there I mean, any and, if the and if
1: they'd have collected the two easy interceptions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is, is it absolutely. a game of missed opportunities. I mean, I think, the, the, you know, the Chiefs are going to be in the playoffs, so the discussion on them isn't the playoffs. It's, it's can they get to the Super Bowl? Um, I think this game sums up the reason why I would doubt that um, and that is for all the brilliance of Andy Reid um, and Matt Moor played well. I mean Matt Moore has always been a really good quarterback for me, I've, I've always thought, genuinely always thought of him as one of the best backups in the NFL um, but the problem with Andy Reid is, is the game management is just shambolic. Um, the the knock on front fourth down the inability to make adjustments in game i mean if you've got a running back who's got over 100 receiving yards stop putting a linebacker on him it's absolutely insane and mm-hmm. you know you can you can play him spags the defensive coordinator for that, but the head coach has to spot that. But Andy Reid never spots anything because his head is too buried in his play sheet. And it's always the same thing. It always costs them in big games at the end of the year. And it really is the one factor that undermines an all time great head coaching career. And Mike Define, I think Andy Reid will be a Hall of Famer because he's won enough games. But, you know, for me, he's a Hall of Fame offensive mind and not a Hall of Fame head coach. And 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 it's a killer cuz this is a game they should have won i mean they were a better team than green bay on the night you know and that's with all those injuries and it's it's that would be incredibly incredibly frustrating for me if i was a Kansas city fan
0: is there anyone from the the chasing pack you know the chargers get a good win on the road at the bears again a missed field goal with with time expiring um the uh the
1: the, the um the Raiders, the Raiders, a hundred percent are in the mix for me. Um, you reckon? Yeah, I mean, you look at their schedule. They've got Detroit at home next. You know, we get to four and four there. Then you've got the Chargers on the road. That's not really a difficult home environment. And then you've got um, the Bengals and the Jets back to back. They could go four and zero in that run. You know, the, you look, that,
0: you, hold on, hold on. Are you looking at the right schedule? I mean, a hundred percent. Yeah. The Raiders have got the Lions at
1: home this weekend. I mean, that's literally what I said at the start. Then the Chargers at home. Yeah, sorry, Chargers at home. Sorry, I right? Okay, wrong. fine. Yeah, Chargers yeah, on The road. Sorry. And, and then and thing. then the Bengals at home, and then the Jets on the road. I mean, they could easily be four and zero oh in that. And then if you if you get to that point, what would that put them? Seven and four. And then you've got the Chiefs on the road, which is a tough one, but then you've got Tennessee and Jacksonville back to back, which are, which are the games that'll determine whether they're a playoff team, I think. But you know, I think I think they could win both of those and they're both at home. And and imagine how good the atmosphere is going to be in that stadium if they're battling for a playoff place at the end of the last year in Auckland. You know. That that home field advantage could become a big factor. I think I think the, the Raiders have every chance. The problem is that they're Their defense is so limited. I would love to see the Raiders today make some moves on defense, you know, go and get a a cornerback. And yeah, well, go and get anything you can get really, because they need they need help all over the place. If Washington are willing to trade Ryan Kerrigan go and get him. You need a pass rusher, and I think if they made a couple of moves like that on defense, they could be a really good team. Because I think they're well coordinated on defense, just talent deficient. And 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 every time I watch their games, I, I just I'm just I find their offense a joy to watch. The scheming is is stunning. You know, John Gruden for me is doing a really really nice job with that offense. Right,
0: let's. Um, so that's the the AFC West. We think that they, they're still in with a shout for the rest of the um, for, for the rest of the uh, the playoff picture. Beyond that, in the AFC, I think for the North, we've just we've talked up Cleveland's chances. You know, I didn't see anything from Pittsburgh last night uh, that suggested to me that they were going to challenge the Ravens. So, anything that says they can challenge a wild card spot?
1: I don't think so. Their schedule's really tough, um, and if you look, they've actually they've feasted upon the bad teams. I mean, they nearly beat the Ravens, didn't they? I had they beat the Ravens, you know, both of those teams would be it'd be 4-3 and, and that was an overtime game. So that's really turned that season. Um, yeah, I, I think they're going to fall short. I, I think Mike Tomlin, a guy I've been very critical of in the past, is having one of his better years coaching-wise. Um, I think he's better in this situation. I remember the year when they played the Vigans at Wembley and they had a terrible start and they pulled it round over the course of the year. It's almost like Put the real talent in his hands, and it shows his shortcomings. But when you see him with a team that shouldn't win, you see the, the good elements of him as a coach. But yeah, I think they'll just—I think they'll just be short. Uh, and then
0: uh, we—obviously, we so we're saying the Ravens in that uh, in that uh, divisional. Well, I mean, they could absolutely still go for the uh, for the buy as well, but at least in that wild card round as a home team. So then you are just looking at the uh, at the final kind of wild card spot. The Bills sit in there at the moment at five and two, and you know, everything about the Bills before this weekend suggested to me a playoff team, but they got absolutely waxed by the Eagles at home.
1: Yeah, but you say that it's kind of the classic Bills game now. They were, they were ahead in the game in the first half and we're, and were kind of controlling the game. And then Josh Allen commits a, a ridiculous turnover in his own territory where he, he just fumbles. He, he fumbles the ball, sets up an Eagles go-ahead touchdown and the Eagles never look back. And that, that game, just complete, that play, just totally changed the momentum. But that is the issue with the Bills. is Josh Allen isn't getting any better. I mean, he, he just is an absolute liability. I'd love to see the Bills... Talk about trades. I'd love to see the Bills trade for a quarterback today, but they're not going to do it because I think they really like Alan in the building. He's got the support of the teammates, but you can't at some point you have to spot the issue. It's like watching Jacksonville in the bottles era all over again. You know, at some point you have to address it. You can't do what the Jags did and bury your head in the sand and just pretend that it's going to get fixed. Um, I'm not convinced Josh Allen and maybe I'll be proven wrong I, I kind of hope I am but I'm not convinced he'll ever become more than what he what he currently is.
0: Yeah I know I'm with you on this and he did convert a few nice third downs in the game and he is one of those kind of streaky up and down players who can occasionally particularly the fact that he's got obviously the use of his legs um, but you're going into an Eagles secondary that even though they've brought back um, uh, Mills and Darby, have been really poor this year and those guys aren't still up to speed and was just completely unable to just to just pick on them. And you want to, you need a quarterback who can just move your team down the field and can just create those long drives. And he was just totally unable to do it against a team that were offering him plenty up in that game. So it did just give me a little cause for concern. Now, I know we're becoming this, the, the schedule show today, but... The next four games, all eminently winnable for the Bills. Yeah. Washington at home, Browns on the road, Dolphins on the road, Broncos at home. Of course, they win those and they're probably already a playoff yeah, team. Yeah, that's,
1: that's it. They've, they've done a lot of the hard work and have just got a very easy schedule as well. Um, but for me, you, you need to be looking beyond the playoffs and whether, you know, because you're gonna, because you're going to be a playoff team, start thinking Super Bowl. Like, if you get a decent quarterback, yeah, how good a quarterback do the Bills need with their talented defense to be competitive against anybody in the playoffs? It's not I guess the only issue is that they'll play on the road throughout because they'll be a wild card team, but you know, you you got to get you got to get ambitious with this now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um so
0: right now I'm looking at the playoffs and I'm saying for me, Patriots, Chiefs, Ravens, I'm all still taking them as the winners of their divisions. I don't think any of those, even though we've given some people some, some play, I don't think any of those are catching them. I'm struggling to pull who's going to win the AFC South. I think it's going to be the Colts, if I, if I was going to go out on that limb, because the Texans schedule... I think the Texans might miss the playoffs. I think the schedule's so difficult
1: for them. It is them. a possibility with the injuries as well. You know, I think you point on the Jags. If the Jags beat them on Sunday, I think they're in trouble. I think I'm going, a massive I'm, game for them.
0: I'm going Colts, Jags, Bills as my last three playoff teams.
1: I think Colts I'm just gonna go for Houston just because of, of what I think of Deshaun Watson. I think he'll pull some of these games out like on the road at Baltimore. That strikes me as the kind of occasion he'll turn it on. Um so yeah, I'm just about gonna go for for the them and then I I genuinely believe that the Raiders will the Raiders will get in. I think they'll win the next four. And I, 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 I like I said, I'd like to see them make a couple of moves today, which I'm not sure what they're going to do. But, uh, but I think they've got a, I think they've got a chance, the Raiders. Yeah, a hundred percent. Oh okay, no, let- no, I'm talking rubbish. The Bills are getting in. Yeah, the Bills have done too much. <laughs> yeah, the Raiders are just going to miss out. Oh, I forgot all about the Bills there. Now the Bills, the Bills, and the Texans for me. So as it stands, I think it's how it will stick. But I think it'll be a really interesting race what's great is
0: that i've got the camera on here and uh, my camera isn't working so i can see sherry and he can't see me and the reaction from sherry there where uh, he realized that he'd missed out the bills was genuine dismay it was it was lovely to see buddy those buffalo fans will be thanking you
1: i do like the bills so I'm, i'm rooting
0: for them oh yeah so you're allowed to root for a divisional rival but when i root for the rams when we're rubbish i get told i'm a terrible fan Brilliant.
1: Yeah, I just root for great coach. though. That's what I'm all about, isn't it? It's, me, it's kind of my obsession. And I was rooting for
0: Sean McVay and some great yeah, coaches last season. That was a good Sticky. answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Uh, take a little break and then we'll talk about the NFC. You're listening to The Gridiron Show. Will, Gavin, Matt, Sherry, we're going around the playoff pictures and discussing the teams that uh, the. Uh, the teams that are in the running and the riding and those that we think are actually going to uh, make an impact in January and those who could just sneak into the playoffs as well we stopped, started at the top of the division on both uh, we started at the top of the conference when it came to the AFC got them all over the shop uh, there are the difference with this NFC team is that while the Patriots are firm firm favorites for the Super Bowl from the AFC there are at least four teams probably five That we're saying, uh, oh, he's shaking his head. He doesn't believe it. He doesn't
1: believe it, Matt Sherry. There are two teams in the NFC who are way better than the rest. In fact, I would suggest there's one that might be in that conversation as well. So there might be three. But the 49ers and the... Saints are absolutely the class of the NFC, with the next best team who could jump into that being the Minnesota Vikings.
0: I was going to say the Minnesota Vikings were definitely my third. I think that's a little harsh on the Packers, even it's though not, they didn't pray against the Chiefs. It's not harsh uh, on the Packers. Right, so let's, we'll start at the top. I, I'm loving your hot Packers takes. I already know in my mind that this is going to be the video we put out for this show this week. So get your monologue ready, buddy. Take a deep breath. We will get there. Uh, the 49ers put up a 50 burger four touchdowns Tevin Coleman scores four touchdowns the first 49ers player to do that since Jerry Rice in 1993 the same year that Tevin Coleman was born Uh, this was an absolute shellacking of the Panthers 235 odd yards on the ground off basically 35 carries because it says 38 but that includes the knees at the end Um, and Again, just an absolutely sublime defensive performance. The Nick Bosa, when he just pancaked the left tackle to the ground and then immediately still managed to, in the same move, jump up and catch that interception, was just a thing of absolute beauty. Uh, the, I guess the kind of concern for the 49ers, as we talked about going into this game, was how strong their schedule is down the second half of the season. But the Panthers represented their biggest challenge of the year and uh,
1: they stepped up to the plate, Sherry. Yeah, they did. I mean, they just look so good. I mean, you should be really enjoying this now, because I think they look incredible. Um, Their defense. He, I mean, even Solomon Thomas is playing really well. Well, you know, he's All right. Nobody, no, <laughs> no, no, but nobody's mentioning him. You know what I mean? Like that. That's that's the strength of it. You forget he was a he was a top five pick, wasn't he? Was he number three overall or something like that? You know, Number three
0: overall, when uh, when we traded from down, from two down to three, so the uh, the Bears could trade to uh, could select Mitchell Trubisky. So n- a trade that literally nobody won.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I just think oh, they look so good. The 49. their defense looks incredible, and struggling. To, I'm struggling to see any major weaknesses in their defense either, and that's that's the concern. I mean, this was. This was an absolute hammering. And the problem is, there's been two games now as well where the running game has got going. And when the running game gets going alongside the defence, they are almost impossible to beat. I mean, you put those two things together and it's the classic old-school football formula, isn't it? Control the clock with the running game. Have a very fast defence who you don't have to be on the field for very long. And when those two things click together, as they have against the Browns and against this Panthers team, you know, they are very, very tough to beat and I just think they look exceptional. The only worry is Garoppolo, isn't it? You know, he still makes mind boggling mistakes and I could see a scenario where he throws three or four picks in a playoff game and that's the only way that they lose but I think the 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 class of the other uh, the class of the NFC them and the Saints for me are just
0: one break. Yeah, I don't think you can discount the saints at all at this point, but I do think the 49ers made, made a bit of a statement this weekend. And, and yes, there are still tougher games down the stretch. I look at, they have to go to the saints still this season and to the Ravens as well, which both look like really tough games. Plus the Seahawks twice on top of that. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm obviously delighted with where they are right now, but I, the Garoppolo thing's an interesting one because on a day of the trade deadline, I don't, Imagine the 49ers are going to do a huge amount. I do look at the um, the I do look at the Garoppolo performance today and yesterday even, and he he did have the one interception obviously, but outside of that, he did everything he was kind of meant to do. There were a, a few errant throws and a few uh, missed open receivers, but the scheme just worked so well for yeah. him. And I do still think like when a quarterback comes off an ACL injury, it does take them some time. I can see him getting. I can see him having to have a game put on his shoulders down the stretch and him stepping up and people being like, oh,
1: why haven't we seen that so far this year? Yeah. Because we've just not had to. I, yeah, do I, mean, still, I, think- I still believe in him massively. I, that's that, that, the, the fact that that's the only thing I can pick out as a potential weakness is is as much an example, an illustration of this, the collective strength of the team as opposed to me thinking that Jimmy Garoppolo won't handle the big moments at the end of the year because I think he will.
0: Now the Saints. I mean, obviously, the, the 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 thing for the Saints is that they are still, uh, they are still, you know, waiting to get fully and entirely healthy because. You get Drew Brees back, you lose Alvin Kamara for a couple of games. That's really quite terrifying because Drew Brees really didn't have to do a huge amount this weekend against the Cardinals uh, to go and get that win. Although the game was tighter than I think the 31-9 suggests as they kind of pulled away at the end. And the fact that they've got the Falcons and the Buccaneers in their division, the Buccaneers who just can't get out of their own way and the Falcons who are a dross football team. Uh, like I say, the Saints game and the Panthers game and the Colts game still all stand out on their on their schedule. But it's whether or not I believe I I, I think they're the best team in the NFC, top to bottom. Still, I know that you know the Forty Nine ers are undefeated, but I do think the Saints edge them slightly. I'd have them ahead of them in a power rankings. Do I think the Panthers can chase them down? They're already two games back on the win loss. I don't think so. No, no I, do, I think. I think they're going to win the NFC South. It's what they then do in January and whether they can get over this recent hoodoo to finally make their way there after the Minneapolis miracle one year and then the ghost P.I. call the following year. I think Sean Payton's doing his best coaching job that we've seen from him as well for a number of years. I I, I love the Saints. I love watching them. I think they're a great team. I wish they were in the AFC and we could have a Saints 49ers Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I mean, that game That game will probably determine the number one seed in the conference, I think, at, at New Orleans later on in the year. That's going to be an absolute belter. Um, what I love about Sean Payton in particular is I don't think people mention enough how impressive the Taysom Hill thing is. How many players can you think of where teams have tried to do that with them? Where they've tried to get, you know, the the, the college gadget guy move them around in their offence and use them in all these different ways. And it's almost, I, I, outside of Taysom Hill, it's a disaster. You know, it's, it, makes I, you wonder, I, it, it makes you look back and wonder whether Sean Payton should have signed Tim Tebow and done the same thing with him. You know what I mean? I, like, I, I legitimately just believed
0: in... I legitimately believed in Cardale Jones coming into the league.
1: That's the kind of thing
0: I'm talking about. Those are the players that need to that, that like that come in absolutely flame out when they're like, are they're a quarterback, but they can also play running back and wide receiver. No, it just mean, it's not Cardell
1: Jones you're thinking of. It's the other Ohio State quarterback who was the wide receiver for the Texans. What? Cardell I... Jones is a big, hefty, six foot five. There was way he was ever going splitting out at wide receiver. It was a. Uh, what was he called? The Ohio State quarterback who went to the Texans. Oh,
0: have I have I completely muffed this? Yeah. Amazing that I just remembered the name of the other Ohio State quarterback who I thought was a flexible player. Oh, brilliant. Well to be
1: fair, that's that that was the year when both of those guys started it was Braxton Miller, wasn't it?
0: Braxton Miller is exactly who I was thinking of. I've absolutely mugged myself off there, Sherry. No, uh, it's fine. I'm just going to not them mixed, up. mixed up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, uh, the Saints are really good at football.
1: Yeah, they are. I, I just think I just think so good, um, especially with Breeze back. I mean, I think it, the comparison between the two teams is interesting. I think that I think it's just one of those where I think that the 49ers' D is slightly better than the Saints D. And flip it around. This the Saints' offense is slightly better than the Forty Nineers' offense.
0: Also, by the way, the um, the people talking about the defensive player of the year uh, for this year. I heard a lot of Nick Bosa play after that inception play and after a number of big plays on uh, on Sunday. Cameron Jordan absolutely deserves to be in that conversation. Yeah. On oh, the Saints' defense, they're playing well. He is playing absolutely lights out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that. Hard to criticise Bosa for what's around him, but when you're on that kind of de- defensive line, it's just easier, isn't it? You know, I'd fairly look for a guy who's, who's extremely exceptional in a, in a slightly poor return, potentially. He's he's the he's the Dak Prescott of defensive ends.
0: Yes, he's come in and had a phenomenal rookie season, but he couldn't have been set up yeah. to have. More easily to have that phenomenal season uh, to be fair, so let 's get to the nFC north now, as I think we both agreed. the Vikings right now are the um, are the class of this after basically since that week four defeat to to the bears they 've gone on a a, four, a pretty impressive four game run okay that 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 game against Washington, they could have won. They, they didn't finish off in the red zone and could have won by a much larger margin. But they've they've really turned things around. Um, they had, do have a tough run coming up. They've got to go to the Chiefs, to the Cowboys and to the Seahawks. Man, the Chiefs could le- lose a fourth straight I know. home game. It's amazing, is it? Just absolutely amazing when you consider where they were. Um, but, I, I, but I was going to say, but they're in a division with the Packers and have to play them late in the season. It sounds like... Matthew Sherry doesn't believe in the Green Bay Packers.
1: I just don't. I mean, they've just got... I've never seen a team catch more breaks with a schedule in my life. Every game that looks difficult, they've had the exact perfect condition. Kansas City were down six defensive starters in this game. So let's slow the roll on the Aaron Rodgers MVP talk. If he wasn't completing passes against that defence, then there would have been something wrong, particularly when the coordinator decided to repeatedly cover the running back who was catching everything with a linebacker. And, I mean, they would, were, they weren't even the better team in the game. I mean, I thought they would... The Chiefs should have won this game. They dropped two interceptions. And they've got Matt... Mo- so forget just the defence. They also have their MVP quarterback on the bench and are playing a guy who I think was on the street working at the Combine three months ago, a quarterback. I mean, they've just caught so many breaks with the schedule. I don't think I've ever seen a team with the record that they've currently got who I believe in less than this Packers team. And that's because their defence is nowhere near as good as it looked in the first few weeks of the season. It's getting exposed more and more week to week. Rodgers is making some spectacular throws again, but he always does. You know, I still think that... I think that the offence of the last two weeks is a mirage against probably two of the worst defenses in the NFL right up there with the Dolphins. I mean, Oakland have no talent on D and Kansas city's defense is bad with all of their stars available. Never mind with six of them out. So, you know, it's just the overreaction is just too much to listen to, to everything. You know, the overreaction to Rogers as an MVP candidate when he, he just, I just don't think he is. Uh, you know at all based on the way they've got to their record I mean he's played a lot better the last few weeks don't get me wrong but it just feels like whenever Aaron Rodgers does something including throws a touchdown pass that he himself admits was intended for a different receiver we all lose our mind and we're all guilty of it I do the same with Russell Wilson all the time so it's not really a criticism but I just think it goes overboard he's not in the MVP conversation right now if he beats the 49ers on the road in a few weeks fair enough put him in there
0: Fine. So I, I w- let me repost with some reasons I would be positive if I was a Packers fan. Firstly, you mentioned about the Chiefs' um, defense. You know, without Chris Jones, without Frank Clark, their front seven were outstanding on Sunday night. Emmanuel Ogba, Kalen Saunders, to because because passing on a name I still struggled with on Sunday, and I'm still struggling with now when I was talking about him on the uh, uh, on the game. And look, I think I still think the uh, the Packers have uh, the best tackle pairing in Bakhtiari and Belaga in the league and they're now both back and healthy so you know, giving them a couple of games to get themselves back and healthy they've not had Devontae Adams and they've managed to make receivers uh, like uh, uh, but I mean like Marcus Wenders Scandling, Scandling in general but Alan Lazard and Jake Kummerow uh, are as no name as no name comes Jake Kummerow couldn't get on off a practice squad for the last few years then he did get on the Packers team but had something like four catches over two seasons and yet he's making him look like a superstar the the scheming around Aaron Jones has been absolutely superb but it reminds me of the way that the rams were using Todd Gurley before yeah, his but injury was, last is there season
1: confidence in this game? No, no no, no so. yeah
0: there's no doubting that letting Anthony Hitchens get matched up on him on three separate occasions where he made big completions was dreadful from, the, uh, from, a, from a Chiefs perspective. And we, we do come back to, to that again. But he's been good for the last few weeks and worked really well with Jamal Williams in a one-two punch. And then they do have a decent front seven. They have had good production from the Smiths and they've got some exciting young defensive backs. They've not been as good as they were to start the season, but there's still talent there. Uh, I said this about another team, or it may have even been this Packers team on a previous podcast. Worst teams have won a Super Bowl. I absolutely still believe the Packers can put something together in the second half of the season and still represent from the NFC. (laughs) Are they as good as the Saints and 49ers right now? Absolutely not. Can they be as good as them come January? Absolutely.
1: I don't disagree with that. You know, Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. And I think that the positive element is the fact that this marriage appears to be working with Matt LaFleur. But... I just am concerned that if I was a Packers fan, I would just be worried that if you look back over all the games and when they've played teams, that they, they've invariably had, you know, certain things go in their favour. I mean, I think when they played Dallas, Dallas were without. Tyron Smith and a couple of others as well. It just feels like the schedule has broke for them. I mean, and you could argue this about many teams. I'm not going to t- sit and tell you that the Patriots are the best 8 0 team in history, even though all the stats say they are, because let's see them play over the next four or five weeks against some really good teams. But, you know, there's got to be context with everything. And for me, for all the record is I mean it's exactly the same I think as the Saints. They're they're not close right now to being that good. Can they be at the end of the season? Possibly, but the concerns would be that their defence is getting worse, not better, and I, I just think their offence the last two weeks has gone against two terrible defences and, and I'll be interested to see them. They're gonna play the Chargers this week, so we're not gonna see a lot in that game. But you know, that forty game in
0: three the- weeks. The Chargers front played really well this weekend, actually. So, uh, like, as much as they were playing a dreadful offense in the Bears, their front played really well. So, there is still possibility for them to cause the Packers problems. But, yeah, you're right. That 49ers game in a few weeks' time is, uh, is, is a real potential telling game for them and for Aaron Rodgers. Let's talk about the, the other contender in the uh, – uh, the, well, the other contenders – in the um, in the 49ers division, uh, in the Seahawks and the Rams. Obviously, we saw the Rams uh, here in London this weekend, and you know they. The fact is, is that when you've got receivers like Cooper Cup putting up a 220 yard game, you, you're going to have a, a a fun day. And guess what? Sometimes a guy with a, that we've said has a good offensive mind before proves to still have that. The triple reverse or double uh, reverse flea flicker. That they ran to get that Cooper Cup touchdown was a, a moment of pure wonder. It was genuinely something to behold. Even if I think, I if think it they the Tucker from Oklahoma the, the day it. before
1: as well. Oklahoma, was it? Oklahoma ran a wide receiver screen flea flicker. It I was it know, was against. Oklahoma who ran that. Yeah, I posted that in the
0: group because I saw that on Twitter. A wide receiver, a wide receiver screen flea flicker is a, is a thing of joy as well. We talked about it on the uh, on the TalkSport Two broadcast as well. <laughs> um, so yeah the Rams have every potential at 5 and 3 to get healthy down down the kind of schedule and it was a decent game from Goff he didn't look too bad in the pocket watching it live he didn't you know see the ghosts that we've seen in the past and they've got the much nicer schedule I think of the of the remaining of the two other teams in the NFC West with the fact they go to the Steelers they've got the Bears who are, are dumpster fire they've still got to play the Cardinals twice uh, yeah they've still got the Seahawks the Cowboys on the road and the 49ers a second time as well but you know, there's, there's, there's some reason for optimism with this team the Seahawks I thought are watching their game back from Sunday the ease with which Matt Sharp moved the ball on them in the second half has to be a concern for Seattle fans Considering that they spent the the pick on Jadavian Clowney, considering that they went out and tried to improve, and they've had some good games this season, I look down their stretch, considering what I saw from them in the second half of the Falcons, and I go, 49ers on the road, Eagles on the road, Vikings at home, Rams and Panthers on the road, and then the season against the 49ers. And I do think if there's a team with the potential to have a really rough second half of the season, I know people are going to go, oh, it's just Will hating on Seattle again. You're right.
1: I mean, I love Seattle. You bang on. I think, that, I think Seattle and Buffalo are the same team in, in both conferences. They've got the same record. and <laughs> Apart from the fact that one's got an amazing quarterback and the other's got an amazing quarterback. Well, well but the, but you, flip, <laughs> you flip it around, don't you? You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's, it's hilarious. Like they've both got one really dominant element. Um, the question for both is, have they already done enough to make the playoffs? Because they've already got to six and two. Uh, I don't think Seattle have, and I think Buffalo have. You know, I think that I could see Seattle... It's similar to what I was saying about Deshaun Watson with Wilson, where there are lots of games here that I think they're going to be in big trouble in. Um, But it's whether Russell Wilson is so good that he just drags them out on his own. Now, we've seen him do that a few times in this season. If they make the playoffs, I think Wilson is nailed on MVP, because their defence isn't good. I mean, it's schematically problematic. It's not as talented as it used to be by any stretch. And it hinges on getting Dwayne Brown back healthy and getting the offensive line fixed because I think that's been the big problem the last couple of weeks. And yeah, I I think Seattle are are the swing team in the NFC. Um, And their big game, I mean, Rams on the road is going to be a massive, massive game now. You know, because they've already got. If they get two wins over the Rams, that wipes out one of their big competitors for the for the wild card. But you know, on the surface, you would say Seattle record wise are both in the mix to win the division and definitely a favourite to be in the wild card. But if I had a bet right now, I think they might miss out.
0: And, and you say that, that Rams-on-the-road game, that is their pivot game, considering that, OK, I'm going to give them a win at, at home to the Bucks this coming weekend. Just is a
1: guarantee. The Bucks play everybody close. I mean, if they lost this weekend, they'd be in major trouble.
0: Because they then go to San Francisco on Monday Night Football, to the Eagles on Sunday, night, uh, on Sunday Night Football off their bye week, and then to the Vikings, and then home to the Vikings, who I know they're a better team at home than they are on the road. But again, in prime time, you know, three... Massive games, three primetime games, and all of them, you know, all of them winnable and losable. The o. Seahawks team, if they come out of this next run 4 0, they're probably going to win the AFC West, let alone win the, uh, let alone go to the playoffs. If they come and out they of don't have one the and 3,
1: they don't have the home field fortress that they used to have. I mean, their two defeats this season have been at home to the Saints and the Ravens. So it's not like you can look at it and say, well, X number of games are at home and they'll win at home. That's not guaranteed anymore either. When we're in,
0: uh, you know, I'm in L.A. for week 17 of the season, this season, going to visit friends. I've looked into it. For some reason, internal flights around Christmas, no real shock, probably, are incredibly expensive. Uh, To go to Seattle and back, flying up on the Sunday, flying back home on the Monday morning, would cost Sarah and I £450. And yet, I'm seriously considering it. Yeah, I would. To go to 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 Seahawks 49ers. Yeah. Our flights to LA are basically not costing that much per person, and yeah, I'm seriously thinking about it to go up to Seattle to watch 49ers yeah. Seahawks in Seattle. Um, right. The uh, so the the that's the NFC West. We've talked about the NFC North. Before we get on to the uh, the NFC East, we've we mentioned these teams, but do there, are there anyone else beyond that that you like that could have a run at a wild card spot? I mean, yeah, the Lions have played everyone tough this season, but I just I kind of feel like this. This division, this conference is. You're going to need ten wins to get there. Yeah. And I, I don't think
1: the Lions have a chance. The, the 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 tie in week one's a killer. And then them defeats that defeat in particular, where they were robbed against the Packers, that that killed their season. I think.
0: Yeah, and then I just think the Cardinals, the Bears. I mean, that loss uh, this weekend for the Bears killed their season for me. Yeah, it's over.
1: And and should should potentially nix both their quarterback and if Matt Nagy keeps being a clown, the head coach as well.
0: Yeah, so it just does come down to that NFC East race then for the final playoff position um, outside of you know, we're, we're undecided on the other wild card as we were saying, but because I still think the Panthers have got a real, real shot at that. Um, the NFC East race, the Cowboys obviously lead it at the moment, and they did absolutely put a hurting on the Eagles earlier this season. But the Eagles going to Buffalo, I said last week I'm still an Eagles believer, and going to Buffalo and getting that win in the manner that they did maintained very much my Eagles belief when they have by far the easier schedule of the two down the stretch.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, the big thing for the Eagles in this game was that two of the best players during the recent years played their best games of the season in, in I mean Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham were were sensational and and they need those guys to be to be back at their best because they haven't been so far this season and it's really hurt them I, I still think the Eagles are, are one of the most talented teams I mean I, I go back and forth like last week I said have we overestimated their talent well then I watched the game against the Bills when it was backs against the wall again and, and you just see those guys come through in those moments and they've done that for the last two seasons you know they did it last year in the playoffs as well um but I, I, I do ultimately think that they've they've given themselves too much to do if they don't win the division i think i think i think that you know the problem they've got is teams like the vikings and the packers one of those is going to be a wild card team like mm-hmm. 100% guaranteed and then seattle We've mentioned swing games. That Seattle game in Philadelphia is another massive swing game because I think Dallas will win the East. Um... They've got a good record. I'm not,
0: think... I'm not so sure. I'm really not. I think the Dallas have to go to the Eagles in week 16 when the Eagles are on a run of Dolphins, Giants, Washington, and then the Giants again to end the season. I think if the, if the Eagles can win two of their next three, which are the Bears, Patriots, and Seahawks at home, and I know that Patriots and Seahawks are two tough asks, I think if they win two of their next three, I'm having the Eagles win the NFC
1: East. Yeah, possibly then. Yeah, yeah that four-game stretch is so easy, isn't it? I mean that is a four-no stretch if ever I've seen one. And then, but then, do, then do we think that there's going to be a wild card out of the east? I mean that's the tough question, isn't it? What's what's Dallas's schedule looking like? So Dallas' schedule, I mean, as I say, going to the
0: Eagles in Week 16 is, is, is going to be the massive game for them. But they've still got to play the Vikings. They've still got to go to the Lions, which I don't think is an easy game. They are clearly more talented, but not an easy one. They've got the Bills, they've got the Patriots on the road, they've got the Rams at home, they've got the Bears on the road. I mean, it's, it's not hard to say that's the more difficult of the two schedules.
1: Yeah, I agree. But then, I mean, I think it'll come down to the, the games against each other. I think why I give Dallas the edge is because... I did. They beat them twice last season. They definitely beat them at the end of the year. Um, they beat the Eagles in a big game at the end of the year. Then they beat them heavily last week. Um, I think that they, they have the better of the matchup between the two, which is why I just about favour the Cowboys. Fair fair right it
0: sounds like you're favoring the cowboys i'm favoring the eagles so the question is with our nfc title with our nfc conference playoffs i'm gonna I'm, i'll go through i'll say the 49ers and the saints maybe not in that order Are my uh, are my picks to take the um, to take the buys i'm having the vikings and the packers in there i i think the vikings might take the division i'm gonna give I, it to, to say 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 the I, packers I
1: think, I think the packers will win the division because oh. they're already they're already 7 and 1. I mean the Vikings schedule is tough. I think they'll get a wild card, but I I could see I think the Vikings beat the Packers in Minnesota when they, those teams play each other, but the Packers probably have one one loss less by the end of it. Um so
0: I'm then putting the Eagles in from the East. And I'm going to put the Panthers is in as my wildcard team, even if that is just me. I, th- I Compared with the Seahawks, getting to play the Falcons twice, getting to play Washington. What about
1: the Rams? Oh, yeah. Who have a win over the Panthers in the tiebreaker as well. Yeah, they
0: do. Actually, yeah, forget that. I'm putting the Rams in as my other wildcard
1: team with the Eagles winning the East. I mean, the Rams' upcoming schedule, Steelers, Bears... Both games that they'll win based on what we're seeing at the minute. Then they've got the Ravens, but they're at home. Then the Cardinals, who so they'll beat. Seattle game is at home. That's the key one. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Think I, I think I would go with the Vikings and the Rams.
0: There we go. There we go. And you're taking the Cowboys in the East. So we're pretty in agreement overall. Obviously, teams can absolutely collapse like a flan in a cupboard in the second half of the season. And one team may come rising out of the pack to prove us all wrong. You know, I'm not Seattle are an obvious example of that, considering they've already won six games and they have Russell Wilson. Maybe we're being idiots writing them off. Um fun that was good i enjoyed that matt uh we uh we've got obviously we'll have the nfl 100 pod coming out in a couple of days we'll have the weekend preview and if there are any big we're not going to guarantee a mini pod tonight for the trade deadline but if there are any really big moves that, that make us go whoa then we'll do we'll we'll jump on for 10 15 minutes and pop something out tonight
1: sounds wonderful buddy
0: perfect right ping me that over buddy and uh will uh, we'll catch up soon
1: yep yeah, speak to you soon
0: big man You've been listening to the Gridiron Show at UK Gridiron on Instagram, Gridiron on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff, please. Oh, I should have said as well, I met some.
1: Oh, we need I to met... mention the party.
0: Yeah, yeah. We should do that. Shall I do that at the top? Shall I, like, record yeah. a read for it? Hello, you're listening to the Horse
1: Ramble Daily, where we'll be covering all of your horse needs. There's more. Every day during the Cheltenham Festival, Betway are giving you the chance to win £50,000 in the free-to-play, or to win game. Head to betway.com to play now. Up next, more horses. Horse, horse, horse. Horse, horse, horse. Horse, horse, horse. <coughs> full terms apply. 18 plus only, begambleaware.org.